Jo Sheldon. I'm an executive director of media strategy at uh, Edelman UK, and we've just launched the digital news report from the Reuters Institute. And I'm joined now by Nick Newman, the lead author of that report, for um, a quick summary. Nick, thanks very much indeed for joining us. Obviously, some of your data was gathered uh, pre-lockdown, and then you did a sort of six-country survey after the lockdown. Can you talk us through how the um, pandemic has had an effect on the way that people are consuming news and what you think the longer term output for the media industry will be? Yes, well, I mean, during the lockdown, we definitely saw this sort of surge in interest in news generally, but television news in particular, and then online news, social media as well. And we saw steep declines for print newspapers as well, which I think will um, be one of the real legacies of this crisis. But I think we also saw people developing new digital behaviours. So video conferencing, also um, uh, joining WhatsApp groups and Facebook groups. And so I think on the whole, what this is going to do is accelerate the move to digital and the move to mobile and the move to a platform dominated environment. So... I'm just thinking about the sort of winners and losers in the media industry, if you like, um, post this, as you say, a sort of acceleration of what we'd already been seeing. So there has been a surge in digital subscriptions for some titles. But do you think um, this is temporary or are we in a sort of in a winner takes all type of scenario? Well, these are trends that we've been reporting for some years, the move towards paid content. And again, coronavirus is going to accelerate this. And a number of publishers have reported a coronavirus bump in subscriptions or in some cases, cases donations. And this is, um, you know, really, really important trend, a move away from uh, media being supported uh, by ads or mainly by ads to, to much more reader supported models. And that, that will obviously include subscription, membership, but also events and other forms of media where people are getting closer to, to publishers. And obviously we saw a lot of people really relying on the media very heavily for their news during lockdown and around the pandemic. Is the sort of trust spike, if you like, in media a temporary phenomenon? We certainly saw people wanting reliable and trusted information as a matter of life or death. So trusted brands definitely did better in that initial period. Uh, but I think the sort of the long term outlook for trust is more difficult. We see trust year on year declining. And that's driven by, I think, growing partisanship, but also by uh, generational change. You know, young people essentially looking for uh, media to be more about values, maybe less about sort of adversarial or, or, or whipping up a storm as in the past. So I, th I think there's a number of changes. And again, I think around trust, this is going to be a catalyst to rethink how journalism should be for the next 10 years. So misinformation obviously has been and certainly, um, you know, a spotlight on it during the pandemic. It's been a concern for a while. But um how concerned were people and are people, do they continue to be about misinformation? People have been concerned for a number of years about political misinformation. Now we have sort of health misinformation on, on top of that. Um, so across our countries, you know, over half say they're extremely concerned about misinformation. And uh, I think that plays into some of those uh, discussions around trust as well. You know, people People are not just concerned, they're confused about sort of they're overloaded by news when they go into social networks. They're not quite sure 
uh, what to believe and what not to believe. And, uh, you know, I think this question of can you rebuild that relationship with trusted brands is going to be at the heart of, of what happens next. So who do they blame when it comes to misinformation? We asked, we asked about, you know, most responsibility this year. And perhaps not surprisingly, people think that politicians are most responsible. So 40% say politicians, then political activists, the media. So, so in, in many cases, particularly in politicised environments uh, in the US, for example, people on the right actually blame the media more than the politicians and people on the left blame the politicians. So, so in a sense, it's a sort of pick your side dynamic here. What about um, social media? Um, how, how blameworthy are they in, in the minds of the public? Yeah, so certainly in terms of distribution, uh, people feel that uh, the social networks are most to blame. Uh, Facebook first, then um, uh, search, YouTube, uh, Twitter, in that kind of order, which is not surprising because that's essentially how people, um, you know, those are the most popular social networks for news. Um, and, and I think people uh, are really sort of engaging with this debate about whether social networks should actually fact check or block in some way. Um, and, and there's more of a uh, a feeling that perhaps the social network should do more in that area than, say, when we're talking about media, where people feel that the media themselves should report what politicians say, even if it might be unreliable. So um, when it comes to reaching people uh, for news in particular, what are the formats that you're seeing that are really beginning to get traction uh, and, and really work? I think as we move from sort of ad supported media to more paid media, we move from sort of reach being the key thing to uh, loyalty. I think the formats that are going to work are around engagement and particularly around sort of deeper engagement and connection. And so that may be, I don't know, long reads. It may be um, podcasts, certainly very successful in doing that with hosts. I think we're seeing more editorially curated media, uh, which podcast is one example, but actually email news now is becoming more curated. You're seeing publishers uh, appointing senior journalists essentially to manage that relationship and to increase the interactivity around those things. So I think that this this sort of deeper engagement is going to be the story of the next decade. Okay, Nick, thank you very much indeed for joining us.